friend. Welcome to Mr. Rewatch, your Mr. Robot Recap Podcast. There's a lot of R's and P's in that sentence. It's a bit of a tongue twister. It's a bit of a tongue twister. This podcast is brought to you by a stand-up comedian and a depressive hacker. I'm Devlin. And I'm Aaron. So, uh, so what's, uh, what's been going on since the last time we recorded? Not a lot. My husky's birthday in three days. He's turning five, so I'm planning a party. Does anyone know what I'm going to do yet? Oh my gosh, it's five already? Yeah. Do you have any suggestions? What should I do? I feel like you just give them something really delicious that you wouldn't normally allow them to eat. I think what I'm going to do is take them down to High Park and let them meet the capybaras. <gasps> Can they go up that close to them? Yeah, and they're actually like best friends. I take her there all the time. Really? Yeah. How big is a capybara in comparison to a husky? They're about the same size, actually. Really? Yeah, they're basically just like big rodents. Can I come one day and see that? You could see the baby capybaras, too. Oh, yeah. They give them silly names, though. Yeah, I didn't really like them that much. No, me either. You like any good music lately? Well, lately, and again, I'm always very behind on the times. I uh, I heard the new Childish Gambino album. Uh, Awaken, my love. Yeah, I think that's the title. Yeah, it's a little different from his earlier stuff, huh? It is. Like I I, sh- I have to say, really, it just reminded me of how much I loved his last album. Because the internet. Yes. That is just a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Such a good record. What's your favorite song? My favorite song, I think, is Three Thousand and Five. All right, so here we are in episode four, and so the first scene here is that Elliot has basically scraped up whatever morphine dust he can find in his house. Yeah, he's really trying to avoid withdrawals, right? Exactly, and he knows he has this one last line left and he has no withdrawal medication at all. So he's preparing for some pretty bad personal stuff that's about to come for him. Yeah. And of course, that's going to make this meeting at F-Society fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, at this point we pick up where the last episode left off. Elliot's back at F-Society, he's at his laptop. And he's kind of revealing his master plan that he has to the rest of F Society. They've come up with a way to use um, uh, an electronic exploit to attack physical infrastructure. And he explains a very long and detailed plan that kind of makes sense. I think that like with um, the CD that I explained earlier, it kind of echoes Stuxnet, which is something that is really worth reading about if you're interested in things like this. It's spelled S-T-U-X-N-E-T. Um, and so, like I was saying, that was an incident where the United States and Israel deployed a cyber weapon that destroyed centrifuges in Iran's nuclear program. So we kind of have real-world precedent that you can use computers to break physical infrastructure. We're kind of at a decision-making point at F Society because one piece of information Romero brings to the group is that first he wants to call off the plan. Yeah, he has some reservations. And his reservations are because so Steel Mountain, which is, how would you characterize what Steel Mountain is? Their slogan is impenetrable. <laughs> so, but they're a data storage facility. <laughs> yes. Is that fair? Yep. Um, and so what he knows is they're about to build four other facilities that will also have backups of all the information that they want to destroy. So now instead of just targeting the one facility, they also need to target all of these redundant backup facilities. You got it. So five impenetrable facilities that they'd have to get into. Sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like really a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, um, Elliot counters to say that Tyrell Wellick told him that wasn't happening until April 1st. So that kind of puts a time constraint on them if they want to act before that point. 
Because I think we get the sense from this that it's probably like March 28th or 29th. They've got a couple <laughs> yeah. of days. So as always, Elliot does not really get a chance to think this over. No, he never gets a chance to think. <laughs> Uh, this makes Romero pretty suspicious, though. Romero really, he sees through Elliot right away, I think. Right away. So first he's questioning, you know, why he's so buddy-buddy with Tyrell Wellick that mm -hmm. he's got kind of privileged information. Um, but the other thing he calls him on is that Romero can see that Elliot is beginning to go through withdrawal. Yeah, and that could really interfere with his plan because withdrawals can be very serious when you're talking about the kind of drugs that Elliot is on. So when they have only a few days to put this plan in motion, how does that affect it? Exactly, and how do they trust him knowing right. that he might not be reliable? Yeah. Um, the other piece of information I think we get here uh, that's useful is we kind of know that China is also part of this plan, and we learn that actually Darlene is the link to the Dark Army. Right, but they kind of have a very tenuous connection at this point. They don't really know much about each other. Exactly, so she's got some kind of loose contact there, and it's kind of it's going to be on her to bring that together, and now they only have about 48 hours to actually pull it off. Wow. I know, so really heightening the tension here. Yeah. And so, of course, as soon as that happens, we cut away to a different scene. <laughs> So this episode is actually uh, a really good episode for unlikely hangouts. Yeah, I noticed that. So um, Angela goes over to see Elliot, who of course is not around, but she sees Shayla walking Flipper. <laughs> and so Shayla, I think, very graciously asks if she wants to come with them. Yeah. And so that's kind of an unlikely collaboration it, where it, I think they're both trying to psych each other up to confront the things that they have to confront I in their lives. I agree with that. Well, there are a lot of parallels, as we were talking about earlier, with the situations that they face right now. Because Angela is dealing with um, some drama coming from Ollie, and Shayla has just had this difficulty with Vera. But one thing that I think is interesting about the scene here is that I think, at least, that it, um, it passes the Bechtel test, which I hope I'm pronouncing right, because we have... Um, Angela and Shayla, who are two female characters, who have their own screen time, and they're talking to each other, and it's not about a male character. So I think that it's actually really rare for this to happen in TV shows these days. So when I noticed that, I thought that that was something pretty cool. I think that is pretty cool. Um, and the other unlikely hangout in this episode is also two of the other women characters. So we get to see Trenton and Darlene, who decide if the Dark Army's not going to come to them, they're just going to go to the Dark Army. Right, yeah. First, they try to go to uh, a very cool ping pong bar. <laughs> My notes just say, is that a thing now? A ping pong bar, which sounds like the most hipster thing I've ever heard of. I think it's interesting in the scene, Trenton doesn't really want to go forward. She's kind of saying, hey, you know, it's obvious the Dark Army doesn't want contact. And Darlene says, well, what about what I want? So she's really kind of taking charge of that, right? She's not going to wait for things to happen. She's going to go make it happen. Yeah, well, Darlene kind of is establishing a role as a ringleader in a way. I think so, because I think she's, I mean, she's a cross between impulsive and gutsy. Very. Right? And so I think that's something that also has to be checked by some of her other more level-headed teammates, like Trenton. Trenton's very level-headed. I get the impression that she's really smart and capable. Me too. Um, I, would say I like, uh, as her character gets more developed, I find her really interesting. <laughs> but uh, so for now, you know, ping pong bar it is. Now that Elliot is out of his morphine and out of his suboxone, He's preparing for withdrawals, and opioid withdrawals are kind of serious. He's not going to die or anything, but he's definitely got a bit of a wild ride ahead of him. Exactly. Like, he's not going to die, but he's probably going to wish that he did. Yeah, that's what they say. And so this whole part gets very intense and very surreal, where Elliot, I mean, first he wants to carry out this plan. Right. And he's the person that can, and he's so sick that he decides he's 
uh, gonna buy street drugs. Yeah, he gets uh, driven to like a really sketchy drug den. A really sketchy drug den where he asks for pills and then all they have is injectables. Which he considers. Exactly, which would normally be over his personal limits, right? Yeah. So we can really tell that he's kind of desperate now. Exactly, and so then, and so he takes it though, right? Yeah, he does. Somebody, I think, like, straps him in or something and administers it. <laughs> yeah, he has help. Yeah. He has help, and so this person's kind of showing some kindness to him, but then next we see a shooter come through the house. Yeah, yeah, stuff is really going down here. Yeah, so this is terrifying, and I think these are the things he's always afraid of in being involved with drugs. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is like a, a look into it some constant way. Exactly, and maybe that's the point <laughs> of this, because this is a really extended scene. Yeah, yeah. Like we were saying, this takes us almost to the end of the episode. It is almost the entire episode. <laughs> um, we do see a second F Society video. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like um, it was hard to tell what was going on in it. I think it was too. It, it's not, the first video is a very clear, like it's a list of demands. Mm -hmm. And so this is less clear where the message, there are a few things that I wrote down that I think are important where F Society says that they exercise demons. Yeah. And there's a part earlier where Elliot says that he has more than most. This video is really full of symbolism, I guess. And Elliot gets, uh, he gets a present in the video. <laughs> the mask? The mask. <laughs> so he gets his very own F Society mask. And the other mask wearer says to him, it's made in the Orient. <laughs> it's made just for your head. And then we know where to get some press, I guess. Yeah, yeah, in the Orient. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that's going to come back over and over again in the scene is where they say to Elliot, find your monster and turn the key. Sounds kind of ominous. I think it really is ominous. <laughs> and the very next most ominous part of this is that it then cuts to an E-Corp commercial. So at this point, it's kind of clear that Elliot is just experiencing some hallucinations because his fish, QWERTY, has started to talk to him. Right. And so then we cut to this kind of traumatic dinner scene. Yeah, it's kind of weird because they're, I think, at all safe in their cubicles, but they're getting served fancy meals. Oh my god, I didn't make the connection that it was their cubicles. The other creepy part is that Angela's eating Cordy. Yeah, and it's pretty gross looking. It's I can super tell, gross. You can tell why people don't eat that in real life. Um, the part I wanted to ask you about is Elliot is served a piece of raspberry pie. <laughs> yeah. And earlier in the episode, someone says to him, yeah, 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 we all know what a raspberry pie is. Uh, but what if we didn't? <laughs> well, it's pretty simple to describe, actually. It's really just like a computer that's very small, about the size of a credit card, or maybe even smaller, if you're talking about one of the new Raspberry Pi Zeros. But it's just a kind of low-power computer. It's very versatile, which is why it's so usable to hackers. Ah, that's good to know. So I love that they serve him a piece of, they say it's <laughs> piping hot Raspberry Pi. And while Elliot's eating it, he, um, he finds something like in his mouth, mm -hmm. and it's that key. It's that key again. Oh, yeah. But when he pulls it out, Angela interprets the situation differently. <laughs> Doesn't she propose to him at this point? Yeah, she thinks it's a ring. <laughs> and this whole thing is super spooky. So then they're in the arcade, like in their wedding clothes. Yeah, it's really a very surreal uh, like moment in the episode. In this scene, it doesn't work out. No. Uh, Angela hands the key back to him and she says, it doesn't fit. So how do you interpret that in the context of finding a monster and turning your key? So, I mean, I don't think I've fully pieced this together, honestly, because I think when they say find your monster, that there's a monster inside all of these characters, yeah. right? And that I think we dive most deeply into Elliot's sort of troubles and demons, but that 
I'm curious what Angela's monster will be. Good point. Um, and I think the part here that's like the, I was gonna say trippy, but that's like, nobody says that word anymore, do they? They do in this context. This is like the time you're supposed to use it. <laughs> it's true because, <laughs> I, you know what? Um, this is like the red room scene in Twin Peaks. <laughs> Can like, you explain that a bit? Yeah, so I mean, Twin Peaks takes place in basically a regular universe with some supernatural influences. Okay. But there is a point where they're transported into a kind of surreal world outside of their regular world. It's exactly like this then. Exactly. And so I think this might be another kind of referential piece. <laughs> and so I imagine too that over the course of the series, we might be able to figure out what some of these things mean. Um, and then because this is the last scene i think it's probably significant but uh so when angela so i said earlier this marriage doesn't work out she hands the key back to him she says mm -hmm. it doesn't fit mm -hmm. and elliot's super confused and she says it doesn't fit because you're not elliot wow so i don't even know what to think about that me either right <laughs> like and i mean neither does he like he's so out of his head and it's so much pain and this is also confusing at this point um that he just wakes up sweating in his bed you know, I wonder if it's intended to be confusing so that we kind of get put into uh, Elliot's headspace a little bit more. Maybe that's it, because it kind of submerges you in like how distressing and how confusing yeah. this experience might be for him. We cut back to Trenton and Darlene, our unlikely hangouts companions for the moment. Um, the last time we checked in with them, they were trying to meet somebody from the Dark Army just to make sure that this plan was going to go as they anticipated. Because the Dark Army kind of had some reservations about that, right? They haven't exactly been forthcoming, so they're prepared to give up when Darlene says, no, no, that's him. And so Trenton and Darlene get into this big, glossy black limo, and inside there are people, they're wearing masks. They're not the F Society masks. Yeah, I think that it's interesting contrast, because you have the very uh, human Monopoly Man mask that the F Society people wear, but the masks that are worn by the Dark Army are much more stylized. They're like dragon faces, right? Yeah, they are. They're like red and they're like dragon faces. And we don't understand a lot of what's going on until they arrive to meet Darlene's actual Dark Army contact. And this connects a lot of threads for right. us. You know, before we go too far, I think that's something that's worth highlighting, how the show kind of introduces a concept to you but doesn't explain it all right away. We've met these people from the Dark Army, but we know nothing about them. So we still need to keep watching and figure out what's going on here. We've only kind of just uh, first been exposed to them. That's a really good point, actually, because we have basically no information about them except that they're somehow critical. Yeah, so we can see that there's kind of like a delayed gratification where you need to wait until everything kind of falls into place. And in this case, it does when we find out that um, the connection with the Dark Army is the person who has been watching Ollie and Angela and is also Darlene's ex-boyfriend. So this person is integral to all of these things that have happened before. And also my notes say, holy hacker power couple <laughs> for the two of them. They are pretty great. So we're rapidly coming to the end of this episode. Um, remember earlier in the episode where uh, stupid Ollie, can you hear our eye roll? <laughs> um, he got a ransom call from the person who'd sold him the CD on the street. Right, they've, they've hacked into his computer now and they have some demands for him, right? Exactly, and so if he doesn't follow through with this, they're going to release everything, and that includes personal data, financial data, um, yeah. I feel like there's nudes, there's other compromising information. Right, they could basically steal their entire identity. Exactly, and so Angela is kind of placating Ollie, but you pointed out earlier in this episode that Angela's also kind of becoming more assertive now. Yeah, I think that you can really see that happen in this episode, because 
she's taking charge. And um, she's not even really involving Ollie in her situation anymore. She actually just takes his ID, goes to work, and installs the CD herself. Right, and so, I mean, we can only imagine what the fallout from that is going to be. Because she doesn't really know what it's going to do, right? And she just knows that this is how she avoids the problems that they're threatening her with. Exactly, and I mean, and also, I mean, we know things that the Angela character doesn't know, right? Like, we know this is Dark Army affiliated. We know that this guy is more powerful than just some random person who's right. going to leak your bank information, it, right? It is really important to keep in mind that while Darlene has met Cisco, Angela still has not. Exactly. Is it wrong that I laughed a little bit when I saw that Angela did this all using Ollie's ID card? <laughs> that was pretty clever of her. It's pretty clever of her. I mean... And screw Ollie. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So, the very last scene, because Mr. Robot's really good at, I think they build cliffhangers into the episode as they go. Yeah, I think so too. But the last scene, actually it looks like a car commercial. So the last scene just shows a single car driving up a long winding road to what I think we all understand to be Steel Mountain. How exciting. How exciting. That's great. We'll see you in episode five. Thanks a lot for listening to Mr. Rewatch. This episode was recorded in downtown Toronto. If you liked our podcast today, we would encourage you to consider supporting CAMH. That's the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And you can find ways to donate to them at supportcamh.ca. I'm Devlin. And I'm Erin. Bonsoir.